0: what's going on guys welcome to or welcome back to consuming crime it's your host jules here before we get started make sure you give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash consuming crime we are at over 300 likes and i'm trying to get to 400 also if you want to become a supporter of the podcast go ahead and head over to consumingcrime.com. hit the become a supporter badge and you can donate as little as 99 cents all the way up to whatever you want to help sustain future episodes you don't get anything out of it but means the world if you can contribute. Without further ado, we are continuing to cover Homicide Hunter with Joe Kenda and today's episode is gonna be called The Spy Who Killed Me. This is like my last recording of the day, so. My voice is almost gone. My coffee is, I got like two sips left. This will be the last episode in this apartment. It's gonna be a new setup next week, guys. I'm excited to see how that turns out. I think I'm gonna to try to put back up my like foam pads to reduce the echo. But i also need like another pop pop filter because like the p the p sounds really obnoxious i love that i say without further ado let's get into today's episode and then i like change the subject on july 17th, 1995 in canyon city colorado not colorado springs this place is 50 miles south of colorado springs it is a normal hot sunny day and a 10 year old boy with a dog walks into the police station he seems fine he is straightforward and very smart he tells them his name his dog's name and tells them he is from colorado springs his name is william jr and his dog's name is kirby very cute his it's actually the dog is nine months old i didn't find this out till the end of the episode but i want to tell you guys now because he's a little puppy he tells police that there are people trying to kill him okay Let's remember this is a Homicide Hunter episode, so I'm not about to start talking about puppies and kittens. As much as I would love to. They ask him, where is your mom? Oh, man. It was at this point of the episode that I wanted to turn it off. He tells them that she's at home. They try calling her, and she's not answering. They call her again, she's not answering. He tells them, she's there, I promise, just keep calling. I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry. There's no answer still. They call the Colorado Springs Police Department so they could go check on the house and see if there's anybody there. Colorado Springs calls back. They said, we're already on the scene. This house is on fire. Another fire? What the? Is it just like trending? Two hours before this, so now we're backtracking, Colorado Springs firefighters respond to a fire. It almost took every single firefighter on duty to get the (laughs) female- the flames under control. i typed females. <laughs> i mean it would take a lot of firefighters and i still think the females wouldn't be under control. <laughs> so stupid. this is not funny. i'm cracking jokes because i know that this episode might make me cry, so please, it's it's not me being insensitive, i promise. i'm just I'm coping. they did a primary and secondary search. there was nobody in the building. thank god. but where's the mom? an arson investigator goes inside to see if he can figure out how this all started. He knew someone started it because of how quickly it spread. If it was an accidental fire, it wouldn't have engulfed everything so fast. There had to have been some accelerant involved. They do find evidence that gasoline was poured around the home. As he goes towards the fire's point of origin, he finds a female body. So what happened to a primary and secondary search? Can we retrain these firefighters, please? There was a pool of blood around her head and the blood was coagulated which meant that the blood had been there before the fire started so this was probably a concealment fire it looks like they call lieutenant Kenda onto the scene and he brings his team one guy on the force was a rookie and this was his first day on the job detective graham so at first he actually thought this was a prank like oh there's no way somebody's actually dead already news flash this is colorado springs people die all the time it seems like kenda advises his detective ignore all of the chaos firefighters smoke media stay focused they can tell there was a disturbance and that it had taken place before the fire started just from the things that had collapsed or maybe was damaged before it all started somebody was fighting they knocked some stuff over stuff like that by looking at images they can tell that there is a woman a man and a child most likely a small family that lives in the home they did another sweep and there was no one else on the scene. So where's, where's the baby daddy? The woman had been found in the basement. She is in her 30s. She's wearing normal clothing, sweatpants, and a t-shirt. An outfit that you would wear that I'm wearing in the comfort of your own home. The victim's face matched the photos. She was the homeowner. Near her body was an expended 45 ACP casing and another one near that one. There was a gunshot wound to her face in her left eye and another in her stomach they can tell she had been shot within one inch from her face this is referred to as a contact gun wound whoever killed her wanted to feel her die from how close they were to her face whether it's because they were close to her or they just wanted to feel somebody die so now they need to focus on how are the homicide and the fire related everyone concludes that this is arson and it was in fact a concealment fire kenda takes a photo of her and while he knows he can't do anything to change her outcome He can do everything to change the outcome of whoever did this. I love the passion, Lieutenant Joe Kenda. Kenda is greeted by the media when they attempt to leave the scene. He keeps things vague since they still are not sure who did this. Sometimes they need to use information for, like, interrogations, and they can't release it to the media. This home was in an area where a lot of people stayed home during the day. Okay, so somebody saw something then, right? They were all trying to figure out what the hell happened. There are fire trucks, police officers... Everybody in the neighborhood's like, what? what's going on? Naturally, everybody's in shock. This is a nice area. How could whatever happened happen here? I put in parentheses like, it's not a nice area. People are always getting killed in Colorado Springs. Kenda pulls two of the neighbors for questioning. They describe the woman who lives there. Her name is Elspeth Jenis, but everyone calls her Elsie or called her Elsie. I hate that I had to correct that. She lived there with her husband, William Jenis and their son, William Jenis Jr who was 9 or 10 years old, so 10 years old. She met her husband while he was commissioned in the army. She was a stay-at-home mom selling Mary Kay. They were doing well financially, life is good, the husband's investment business is doing well, and from all appearances, they have the perfect life. You always think they have the perfect life, and they don't. Have you guys heard The Family Next Door? You should hear it. It's on my episodes. Officers ask if they saw anything before the fire started. One neighbor saw the family van leave the driveway right after is when she saw smoke and huge flames blowing windows out of the house. This is the same woman that called 911. So whatever the person lit on fire exploded clearly, but she could not see who was driving the van. No one ruled out that someone shot Elsie and kidnapped the husband and the child. Somebody kidnapped the husband. Get the f*** out of here. Uh uh. Canyon City Police Department calls. This is where we were in the beginning. Of the story we have a 10 year old kid here with a dog his name is william jenis jr and he has a story okay let's hear this story he said my dad dropped me off here this morning he said we were being chased by foreign agents who are trying to kill us because william is a minor he needed to be transported back to colorado springs so Kenda can have someone who is trained in speaking to children speak to him by the way when he says this i'm not ruling it out i'm i'm very quick to call someone out on their bs if i notice it but i'm not thinking that this kid's wrong here barbara midyette a youth and victim services counselor is sent in she describes her job as social services to the police department william and kirby are at the station now <laughs> i love that name kirby humane services one- Oh, this is this is the second huge thing for me that made me like have this newfound respect for for joe kenda. humane services wanted to take the dog. kenda tells them, if you take this dog, i will take the kid and the dog home with me before that happens. this kid has lost enough today, you are not taking his dog. you tell him. tell him. that was very sweet. william was a sweet kid, he was intelligent, and he did not know what was going on with the family. to make him comfortable, barbara shows him around the room, the camera, it's like, oh, like you see that mirror, It's a double, I think, double-sided mirror. I don't know what you call those. We're like, oh, they could see us, but we can't see them. Just making them comfortable. He tells them, my dad is a secret agent. He told me that there were people after us. My dad told me to get in the van with the dog, and he took me to the Canyon City Station so I could be safe. He even left me with instructions. He told me to tell you what is happening and that he is going east from here to draw the assassins away from me. William Jr. hands over an index card. This card has both sets of grandparents' names and phone numbers. My dad gave this to me two days ago and said that I might need it. Kenda is already thinking, okay, so your dad is a victim of 007. Sure, I don't know what 007 is, but Kenda doesn't buy the story. I believe it. I don't know. It sounds, I mean, wasn't he in the army? I believe it, you guys. Call me crazy, but I do. His dad has a senior position in the military. He was in for 15 years. All they know is he got out early from his last term, but they did not know what he did to get out. While they look into this, they make a discovery. He was an intelligence officer with access to beyond top secret information as well as access to compartmentalized information. This type of information could be critical to the functioning of the government. I had, I had an epiphany at some point in, in my note-taking. Um, so if I change my mind about my theories, I just, I change my mind. It happens. Is it possible that a foreign or black ops officer wanted to off him and or his family to eliminate the risk of this information from being released? I think so. I think so. I want to know what you guys think. At this point in the episode, pause it, comment, let me know your thoughts. Detectives learned that he worked in the most secure bases in the country, NORAD. This place requires a lot of clearances just to get into. And it was just seven miles east of downtown Colorado Springs. NORAD, by the way, is also known as North American Aerospace Defense Command. This place was designed to monitor and warn against airborne attacks for the U.S. and Canada. I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but what could he possibly learn about airborne particles that could be crucial to the government? unless like they want us to have a lifespan of like 80 years so they're low-key poisoning us so we don't live longer but like what would they how would they benefit i don't know i'm not into conspiracies they honestly scare me because if i ever say something that's like true i don't want to like get killed like obviously supposedly this woman did but william could have documents in his possession that would cause someone to want to assassinate him that's what officers are thinking Kenda's immediate issue was to find someone to take care of William Jr. and Kirby. Don't forget Kirby. His grandparents were way out in Maine. He reaches out to friends of the family, Linda and Corky Newcomb. Linda is more than willing to take care of him. She knows and cares for him already. Before he leaves, Barbara needs to tell him what happened to his mom. He tells William as the Newcombs arrive at the station so he can leave right away. Your mother died today and there was a fire at your house. Okay, so she just jumped into it i mean i guess that's all you can- you can't say that someone's gone, i- i learned that if you're like telling somebody that someone's dead, you have to say that they're dead, otherwise it's not gonna- they're not gonna process. his reaction was not strong, it is possible that it was too much information for him, and the thought was so outrageous that it was almost unbelievable. on nights like these, kenda goes home and hugs his children closely, his wife always knew something must have happened that involved children whenever he does that. <laughs> whenever he hugs his children? that should be a normal thing no, i'm just kidding he says that he's human but he was good at pushing it down to focus on the job at hand good for you good for you a lot a lot of people could do that they needed to find the father they made stations all around aware of their need to find this man all over the western united states they needed to rebroadcast every few minutes because they needed a lot of sets of eyes i don't like how that that doesn't sound grammatically correct lots of sets of eyes i guess that's i guess that makes sense you guys know what i mean they need a lot of people on the job but before he gets a chance to put out the bulletin the station receives a call from a place over 100 miles away in Salida. the police station there has william jenis he is demanding our protection from foreign assassins that are pursuing him so is he crazy because i'm thinking now now i'm thinking an assassin isn't gonna set a place on fire And if they're going to shoot somebody, they're going to use a silencer or something. Although his neighbors did not, no neighbor accounted that they heard a gunshot. So maybe they did. Kenda and Detective Graham go to Salada to talk to William in the interrogation room. He came across as nice and intelligent. And they, they ask him, why are you so far away from home? He said two weeks ago, my house phone started receiving phone calls and they just kept calling and hanging up. And this pissed him off. He did not know who it was. And finally, somebody responds to him. And he said, we want the documents. And hangs up. He tells officers that he was involved in black ops and had access to top secret information. He became convinced that he had something they wanted and they would kill to get it. The calls increase in frequency and the family starts getting really worried. Elsie answers one of the phone calls and she says, stop calling, drop dead, and hangs up. Stressed from all of this, William thought it would be best to take a father and son camping trip. Father and son, what about your wife? Okay, and then this is where I'm like, okay, I don't like this guy, I don't like this guy. Also, think about it, think about it. If you're not already against him, you will be now. First of all, an assassin's not going to set a place on fire. I feel like they would be more secretive than that. The second thing is if it really was some black ops government type thing, why go to the police? Aren't the police like part of the government? Wouldn't they like kill you? Isn't that like falling for the bait? That's like trying to avoid alcohol and going to a bar. But anyway, so yeah, he didn't take his wife on this camping trip. He said he went inside to give her a kiss really quick. And... He started hearing commotion downstairs in the basement. He's like, "What the hell's that?" And he heard a man's voice. That man's voice reminded him of the man that kept calling his house. So he goes downstairs and he sees a man with his wife. He looks to be in his 40s, fit build, very trim, wearing a full-face plastic mask, kind of like a hockey mask, like the one that Jason wears. Jason, right? and this distorted his face he was armed with a 45 semi-automatic pistol and he was questioning his wife about the files why would he question your wife what door did he come in from to where he didn't see you and just question you i'm not i'm not i'm not buying this dude i know i said earlier i was but now now i'm not i don't sounds so i can tell my wife wanted me to get our son out of there his wife says save yourself and save the boy okay you're a liar this assassin would have put the gun at you and been like get your ass down here or something william sprints up the stairs grabs the boy and the dog gets in the van and drives off okay so who started the fire oh right the assassin did he drove south dropped off his son at the first station he saw and he gave him a card with his grandparent's phone numbers on there after this he took off even further in case they were still following him He is praising his wife, he's saying she sacrificed herself to save me and my son, our son, it's our son, it's not your son, it's our son. But if you're really, and see, and then I said, I put in italics, if you're really black ops, then you would know you're screwed no matter where you go, even if you go to the police, especially if you go to the police. Kenda goes to speak with his team in the hallway. Maybe they can figure out who this masked gunman is. But there is an inconsistency with this story and the story William Jr. told. This inconsistency is enough to debunk his entire story it was about the index cards william jr said he gave it to him two days ago and when asked why do i need this dad he just responded you might need it this can prove premeditation he is planning something or he knows something kenda is now thinking there's more to the story remember william just now said he gave him the index cards As he dropped him off at the station but that's not true without being specific they wanted to imply they knew he was lying again no specifics they just want to say things along the lines of it didn't happen that way did it after 30 minutes kenda demands he drops the act the next words out of William's mouth is even more sinister than they can imagine he says he has had nothing but financial trouble since leaving the army He received a $70,000 payout, but he lost it in the stock market. He put $70,000 into the stock market? Don't do that. That's stupid. He lost their savings account and then borrowed money from his parents, a lot of money, and he lost that. What the hell are you? Oh my god, he's so stupid and Elsie I'm frustrated Elsie was frustrated there was financial stress oh my gosh as a result there were domestic issues that started happening inside of the home he complained to people and said Elsie was complaining he didn't have money didn't have a job and he wasn't supporting the family she demanded that he get a so my first thing is he complained to people which people did he complain to because didn't we question the neighbors didn't we question people around why didn't they say anything elsie was complaining he didn't have money didn't have a job and she demanded that he get a job go back to the army do something for the family and he couldn't think of anything to do get a job i don't know you couldn't think of anything to do get a job obviously this isn't working for you He decided to take his son on a camping trip without her. So now it makes sense why he wanted to go without her. He's still a jackass, but now it makes more sense. After he packed the car, he went back inside to his office to handle some last-minute business. Well, you had like five bucks left. You wanted to put the rest of it into the stock market. What last-minute business? I put, were you playing Fortnite? Like, what are you doing? Elsie confronts him. She says, why are you taking time off? We need the money. You're taking time off to go on a camping trip? And he said he got sick and tired of her nagging him so he got his gun out of the desk and shot her he said I shot her in the face and I shot her in the back threw gasoline everywhere lit it on fire grabbed my son and here we are you son of a so why the foreign agent story he said he had to think of something detectives are stunned by not only the premeditation but the level of violence this is this is your wife this is the mother of your child and you would rather take a mother away from her son than to just get a job i need a minute hold on (laughs) i can't take too long because my laptop's dying but like i'm pissed this was very deliberate he wanted her dead after he dropped off william jr to the station he stopped to throw a handgun or to throw the handgun into the arkansas river Kenda knew it would be impossible to find the murder weapon, but he had William's confession and that was enough to convict. He wrote out a two-page confession and was taken to the El Paso County Jail. Officers are wondering, why are you gonna kill your wife of over 14 years? And they figure out, like, it was the money, it was the stress from not having money, and this caused him to be animalistic. Kenda is beyond the thought, why orphan your child? Because your wife questions you and thinks you're an idiot? His words, not mine, but I agree. Because you are an idiot. You're stupid, that's not, she's speaking facts. She's spitting facts. That's all she's doing. William pleads guilty to second degree murder, which at first I was mad about, but the family had agreed to this because had it have been a homicide trial, William Jr. would have had to testify against his father and they didn't want to put him through that, which is, that's good. You don't want to traumatize the boy again they agreed that he would do 48 years, and at the end of the documentary, or the episode, everyone is resonating with the little boy, like, it's just, it's sad, like, your father kills your mother, and then, I don't know if I could ever speak to my father after that, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't, um, there, there's no, I can't find them anywhere, I think the names were concealed for privacy reasons he orphaned his own child because he was tired of hearing his wife bitch <sighs> that is it for today's episode i don't know how to end this rest in peace to elspeth jenis and william jr wherever you are i hope you i hope you're happy and in a good place despite the terrible terrible things that happen with your parents And that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for consuming crime with me today, and you'll hear me next week.